Listener Production. KickPod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulikut Woolen Clan of the Boonwurrung, who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the KickPod, your DM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, three, four. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to our first guest pod of 2023. It's a goodie. It is a goodie. And today we have got the very incredible Samantha Andrew on the podcast. So you may have seen Sam come up on your TikTok or on your Instagram with her hilarious Mm. and wonderful content. She is an actor, comedian, composer, writer, and content creator. Now you may have seen her do her comedy show last year, Mm. which was just fantastic. She actually has another one Mm -hmm. coming up this year. So she is doing a show at the Adelaide Fringe Festival in March called Shitwrecked. And she has also got a new show coming up at the Comedy Festival this year in Melbourne between March and April. You can follow her if you don't already. We highly recommend recommend it on Instagram and TikTok for all of the details on that show. I've been following her since I I reckon like the start of lockdown and I was so happy to find her. I found her content so hilarious and so relatable and I think I just shared it a few times and I shared it to so many friends because I was like, this is, this was us. Like I shared it to a lot of my high school friends because it was like literally this scene was us and I just loved it so much. But outside of the kind of comedy side of things, um, Sam also represents her queer community and she has a beautiful relationship with her trans partner Cody and they're both very open online and it's just so awesome how they champion and represent their community as well. So her content is not only funny and enlightening but it's super educational and raw and relatable too. Hi, I'm Sam. This is my boyfriend, Cody. We're in a queer relationship and we're going to be interviewing each other about our relationship. Has anything changed or have you opened your eyes to anything since dating a trans person? Since dating you, I've become hyper-aware of how people are extremely fixated on biology. It also opened my mind up to just how much is involved in a transition. I had no idea what was possible in regards to science with you freezing your eggs. Do you ever feel the pressure of gender roles in our relationship? Yeah, I think so. But I think that would have been with any relationship and any time that you feel dysphoria, I think that is going to naturally occur. But I think a lot of the time trans people do a lot of reflection on whether this actually feels right in like your identity or whether it's a societal pressure that you've adapted without thinking about it. Sam, welcome. Hi. 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 We're so excited to have you. I'm stoked to be here. You both look stunning, actually. Oh, yes, yeah, so gorgeous. I'm shaking in my boots a little bit. <laughs> nah, it's good. I've got a berry lip on. Let's roll. Also, Sam, I'm go. going to be a good friend. you got your oh. berry lip on your teeth. Oh, yeah, good one. And you've done a double layer lip. I've done a double layer lip, but I've already, you've already been like, it is on your teeth. <laughs> Hey, I I wasn't going to not let you know. No, I would actually die if I saw it once was edited, saw the video (laughs) clips and it's just me with this glazed tooth. And we have to talk about, before we get into everything about you, your fit, you look so good. Thank you. Can you explain, it's a Nelson. Oh my god! It's, oh my god! Nostalgic. Nostalgic. It's I feel nostalgic. Like, <laughs> nostalgic. No, it is nostalgic. Any millennial will recognize it. Any millennial will recognize yeah. it. And I walked into H and M, and I went, "I'm back in 2002." 
It's so cute. It just makes me want to get one of those blow up like backpacks at the same time. Best explanation of this top. So it's the top that comes and it looks like it fits like a little baby. Yes. A baby doll. Yes. Um, And then it actually stretches and just expands to your body. Yeah. And it looks like a little pattern when you see it small and then the pattern kind of stretches and expands when you wear it. Yeah. Oh, that's, wow. You should explain it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not the, I don't think they were the original designers of that kind yeah. of thing. But anyway. I'm back in. But I think, I, you know what, I, yeah. it's the perfect fit for you because Thanks. you are that. You are nostalgic in my eyes. That's that's what I get from you. Thank you. So from 2020 to 2021, I only lived back in the past. <laughs> and I was like, remember this from school? Remember this from high school? Remember this from uni? And everyone's like, yeah, let's just remember. Let's just be back there. Yeah, yeah, to be back there. Mm. And speaking of that, yeah. tell us about you yes. and your career. And you've just been so incredibly successful. You're oh. so funny. I'm driving driving home. I see an Eminem billboard. <laughs> your face is the there. Political. <laughs> it's the political pose for me. So t- tell us, where did it start? It's so, Look, I've always been a performer and a creative and started at uni, did a jazz degree, did singing. My degree was very jazz and I was very... Bitsy and bitsy. Let's start that again. So Ritzy, I maybe. No, <laughs> Jesus. So I did a jazz degree and my degree was very serious. Yes. And I am not. And I always wanted to write comedy songs and then I did. I left uni. I wrote my first show called Baby Bye Bye Bye, a cabaret about being a bisexual woman with all original music. We toured it around Australia. Had a great time. Amazing. Yeah. And then I started writing my second show with my now creative partner, Mel O'Brien called No Hat No Play, the cabaret, which is all about nostalgic life no in primary no school. No Hat No Play, no Recess. fun today. Put your hat on. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the show, basically. It's just us saying that on loop. No. And so basically we did that show and then the pandemic kind of happened. Well, we planned to write that show and everything got cancelled. And I was like, well, I've got absolutely nothing to do. And I love attention. And I'm an Aries, so... Onto the little app I go. And I just started making comedy videos. And the first video that I made, I really didn't like sit down and be like, I'm going to go viral. It's going to happen. I really was like, oh, this is kind of funny. Shopping with your friends when you're 12. I wonder if anyone else will find it funny. And then they did. And I went, okay, I'll go again. And then I did shop assistance and everyone went, more. And I went, sure. And that's I went, how I again. first found you. Nailed it. You oh, nailed so it. thank you. And that's on going to Chadston every weekend with my mum. <laughs> yeah. You really let. I learned a lot, a good case study. But yeah, and then now I kind of have this life online, but I am a stage bitch first. Like I love being on the stage, but I'm very humbled by the audience that I've like kind of accumulated over the last few years. The audience you've kind of, how many? We've got 280,000 followers on on TikTok and 35,000 on Instagram. Yeah. That's a, that's a large, yeah, it's more than large kind of. audience. I'm sitting next to two people with quite no, hectic mind followers. Mind you, but it's been over like 10 years though yeah. for us. So. No, that's fair. I think TikTok is fascinating and like how quickly someone can have like it's rapid so growth yeah. on that app. Um, and I do believe that I kind of, I did get in in the sweet spot. It was pandemic. TikTok had only been around for a few years. I'm obviously not saying that there wasn't a whole bunch of comedy creators, but I think we were still kind of finding like our Australian comedy yeah. TikTok voice. And I was kind of not part of the first wave. You That's were. so no, wanky. You were. But, you know, there's other people before me that far out. And there's other people I'd like to recognize. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there's definitely people that were doing it before me, but I was definitely part of, yeah, that pandemic kind of comedy creators little group. That yeah. was, I was one of one of those people because I had nothing else to do. And how did it feel going from, like, seeing your yeah. following grow like that and kind of having that, and I'm not calling it overnight success because, again. No, of course. You know, you've yeah. worked really hard and you have yeah. to continue to kind of 
bring the good stuff out there to, to keep yeah. growing. How does that feel yeah. in such a short amount of time to just suddenly have all these people who know you? And then obviously when you came out of COVID, yeah. you would have then experienced walking around in public and people recognizing you. Yeah. Is that weird? Yes. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just it's so I funny, isn't it? it? It's like, and, and it's such a fair enough statement when people are like, oh, and then everyone knew who I was. And I was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. I'm, I was like, I'm ready. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, I, love I was it. a bit like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. a huge extrovert. Um, but it was really cool the kind of first few times that I went out. I was at Kmart and someone goes, oh, my God, you did that sketch about Kmart. And I went, it's begun. And I was <laughs> I love it. I love meeting people. I love when people yeah. come up to me and I... I get to have a chat. I'm a huge extrovert in that way. So, well, you, yeah. you kind of got to be. And that's, you got to be. Good. And thank you for owning it as well. Yeah. It's so funny. One time I was, <laughs> a bit bizarre, I was walking through a park for a work Christmas party in a park because pandemic. Anyway, and I'm walking through and I'm, I just need to paint a picture. I'm in like a leather coat, like a long leather coat. And there's this clearly like a year six muck up day at this park. And these year six girls circle me, like literally form a ring around me. They go, Are you from TikTok? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then I go, <laughs> And I go, Yep, <laughs> with my shortbread on my way to my work Christmas party, bring a plate. And I'm like, yep. And they go, uh, I don't follow you. Uh, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. Can I go? Because I'm a woman in a long coat in a park surrounded by children. This is Are a big joke. Yeah, and she goes, I don't follow you. And it's giving the, I you new hair. Like <laughs> TikTok audio. And it was bizarre. And I was like, cool. And she's like, yeah, what do you do? Maybe I'll follow you. What's your handle? And I'm like, what is this? I'm being like power played oh by God. a 12 year old yeah, right wow. now. It was bizarre, mm. but yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a lot. Okay. But also like they probably <laughs> wouldn't relate to some of the stuff that you have and wouldn't give you the claps that it deserves. Get that all the time with the shopping with your friends when you're 12 video. Cause obviously we're talking like way back when sports girl had that massive sports girl in Chadston and you yeah. put on the 3D glasses and, and you paint your nails neon on. orange. Yeah. Absolutely. Or you go and spray yourself in fashion girl spray from Priceline. And I had so many 12-year-olds in the comments be like, this is absolutely not what it's like to be 12. Because <laughs> I am 13. This is incorrect. And I'm like, yeah, but you I'm went, like, babe, <laughs> you went there. Babe, we weren't tapping our phones and walking around in our little Y2K outfits. Yeah, or going for a sleepover with your Supray bag oh, that God. you proudly parade around because you went there that weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. And those country, the country road yeah, bags. Yeah, I was about oh, to say the country I road shoulder bags. Okay. And they made your shoulders hurt I had so one. Much. What did you have? What you colour? had it instead of your school bag, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, it was like that kind of like black, but it's like faded cool colour. And then I had like my ribbons and my like beaded thing coming off the end of it, like my little yep. personalisation at the end. Gorgeous. Yeah. You? Oh, I, I had one. You had the full backpack later, at school, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. But also, I wasn't allowed to have a country And you were bag studying a lot. You would have had a lot of bags. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't books, have been practical. Books. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Me, not so no, much studying. practical I, for all my You know what I did when what? I walked home? So I waited until I got past the traffic lights to where yeah. people couldn't see me. But I, when I walked home from school, I did up that second buckle on my school bag. Yeah. Watch. Because I had heavy books. Yeah. Heavy books. The country road bags, I had a pastel pink one that went to the colour of dirt. Oh, yes. oh yeah. And I swapped straps with my friend. I was like, yeah, let's make let's oh my God, choose yes. the bag that works for you. So we put a black I put a black strap on. But the way that you'd put like a single pair of Havanas, Havianas, queries yeah. out on how to pronounce that, Havana thongs and a book. And so it would just be this gaping bag. And yeah. Walking around Chadston with my Dolomites, like a loser. <laughs> do I? Does anyone? I still wear Havanas. Yeah, I don't Hava- know why. You need to get Hava- onto Archie's. Havanas or Havanas? Havianas. I, I call them Havanas, but I think they're Havianas. Yeah, we, we, we missed a letter. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No, they are cool. Are they? Okay, good. Because yeah. I still wear them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you can wear anything. Go for gold. 
And with before Sam, so you mentioned the <laughs> the feedback in real life because yeah. I think when obviously something that one of the <clears throat> biggest changes when yep. you go from you know having a private profile on yep. a social media platform to going public and having a lot of followers mm. is what comes with that is obviously positive. Yep reinforcement and feedback and then you yeah. also get the trolls yeah. so obviously you experience that in real life which yep. is <laughs> savage but how have you how have you found that there's not a lot of trolling and I think I'm lucky because I'm in that sweet spot where most of my content is very general masses like yeah. did you go to school and people are like yeah I did and my teacher kind of sounds like that so you're all right actually yeah but like and it's just funny to me I get so many comments about having a square head I what? cannot come. I cannot explain to you. Twelve-year-old boys are always in my comment section. It's funny. They'll just go square head <laughs> in full capitals. And then I did a collaboration with Bonds, and it was up on Bonds TikTok as like a paid ad with like a million views. And someone just commented, "Didn't know Bonds was collaborating with Minecraft Steve." <gasps> They're so Damn. creative. It's no, it's hilarious because I'm like slay. I have a jawline. Go on, like yeah, whatever. Exactly. But it's so funny and. Someone also commented, just in full capitals, I did this like really earnest video about something I can't even remember. And then someone just commented in all capitals, Jah! Wait, my voice. <laughs> Let's try that again. I thought you were putting that on. No. Well, yeah. If they're 12, their voice would have broken. So maybe I should have stayed in that character. They wrote in all capitals, Jarhead. Jarhead? Jarhead. <laughs> oh, my God. They are the most pathetic Square. insults ever. It's the most pathetic insults you ever. Do you back? Oh, so no, but one time, one time I did a video um, about, I was playing a year nine character singing about rapid antigen tests, but to the tune of Halo's Beyonce. And I was like, look at, I was like, look at those rapid tests, baby, they're all gone now. And, and I was singing it and then someone commented and they were like, don't believe a word she says. She's not in year nine. That is a green screen. And she is wearing a costume. Oh my! And I God. went, and so I responded, and I went, "Hello, you must be new here." Dylan six one five five two Minecraft Steve Minecraft rocks. Um, this is actually an like a performance at my assembly, and that's really <laughs> offensive. And then he commented, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> so the twelve year old boys, I think they've cracked the code. Like, ah, it's a green screen. It's a green screen, and I'm like, fucking idiot. <laughs> but no, to answer your question, oh I don't often get, I don't often get really, really hurtful comments. But you know, I think in a really great way as well. People hold me to a high standard as well with the brands I collaborate with, and that would be a a big one. That's not really trolling, but I guess I've had every now and again just people be like, oh, "Why are you partnering with that brand?" And it's good. It's yeah. good to be held mm-hmm. to a high standard. But trolling, yeah, just the twelve year old boys. But um, I am surprised actually that I don't get as many comments of like, oh, see, this is why women aren't funny because I was thinking that a lot of comments like that would come in more because it definitely happens in the in the live stand-up comedy world. Yeah. But um, Is that changing? I think so. Do you think social media might be helping that? Yes. And then I go to comedy lineup nights just with all men. Yeah, right. And I haven't booked one woman or non-binary person and I just go, what? It's 2020. Why? Why do you think that is? So what can you cuz yeah. anyone that might not be familiar of with course. the comedy space can you talk to what yeah. what happens why that happens and how 
is it from the audience or is it from the actual people that book everyone? Yeah, uh, well, I think it's first on bookings. Mm. Like the people that are booking the rooms, like they owe it to their audience to show a diverse lineup of performers and comedians because, you know, they're talking about life and they're doing social commentary. And when the social commentary is only things that cis, straight, white men can relate to it's pretty disappointing I agree but I think when you've got two comedians and they walk on stage and you've got like a cis male stand-up comedian or a non-binary or a female comedian the cis man walks on stage and is instantly deemed funny so the first thing that comes out of his mouth could be you know the thing about walking and everyone's like here he goes but a woman or a non-binary like performer has to work so hard at getting the audience Mm. on side and I've sat in comedy rooms with female comedians killing it with delivery, Mm. with well-timed jokes, with execution, with performance chops, like up the wazoo. And still sometimes they'll be hit with a, I guess, yeah, you're funny for a woman. And it's infuriating. Like, and then I'm working in that kind of musical comedy space. And Mm. this is a tale for another time, but like musical comedy is a lot of people look down on musical comedy, go, that's not for me. No, thanks. I don't, musical comedy is basically just stand-up comedy but with songs or cabaret and that's what Mel and I do together but you know Mel and I have been doubted because because we're musical comedians and we'll rock up you know with our, our bag of no hat no play props our Bratz dolls and our Madonna mics and everyone's like oh here come the two music theatre bitches but then when we get on stage and we start singing funny things I go ah oh, okay but yeah I've sat in some heinous all-male comedy lineup nights there's also I think that trope with with female comedians and maybe all comedians in general that female comedians have to degrade themselves as well and be like, no, I'm just a piece of shit and I'm not hot and, you know. But then I love those certain comedians, like one of my favourite comedians in Sydney, she like walks on stage, she's like, I'm so fucking funny and so hot and you're so lucky to listen to my jokes. And I'm like, yes, we are. Mm. Mommy, I'm in. It's, yeah, there's a big, big range. But the comedy world is, is cool. I've just had some interesting meetings with interesting people that are like, oh, I just don't think you girls need to worry about if you're going to be eligible for awards because it probably won't happen for you two. Ah. And then I was like, oh, and then we did yeah. <laughs> get nominated. Like, I don't know. Now I sound negative. I sound like I've got no, the biggest ego on this podcast, can, no, actually. Can no, I, yeah. no, 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 no. No. So, well, this ties this, into... Yes. This is, I feel like that's obviously in comedy, there's a lot of, like, there's a huge gap yep. within genders mm. in all industries. The comedy industry might be bigger but the, yep. it exists ever it exists in that the amount of times in our career mm. that we've gone into rooms yep. and people like oh or the reason like we've heard people that we work with saying the reason that kick is successful is be- oh because they had social media or because they got onto social media early or oh because they're just you know they're good at marketing yep. it's like no 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 we run this business and I think we have to talk about it yeah because otherwise it won't change yeah no totally and that's that's it reminds me of an article that was done about um so there were a few of us doing comedy festival, like me, Blake Pavey, um, and a few others. And uh, a publication did this article being like, TikTokers chasing real life lols on stage like they're funny online, but can they make you laugh in person? And I'm like, I have been making people laugh in person since 2018. And I've I've definitely been hit with that just in some like comedy rooms. A few people being like, so you're on TikTok, right? I don't have the app, don't know what it is. And I'm like, okay, it's pretty powerful app it's allowed me to actually bring in like a whole new mm. audience of people. And, and Mel and I are so grateful, you know, with No Hat, No Play, we kind of really struck gold because here I was growing this following on TikTok and a lot of my stuff was rooted in nostalgia. And then I mm. went, hey, if you like it, come to the live show. And in the most beautiful way, we had like, you know, 16, 17-year-old girls that would probably never go to a cabaret show in their life going, well, I find her funny online, so I might go. And then like, 
coming to the show and coming along to, to a comedy festival. And, and I think that sometimes like Melbourne theatre or like Melbourne fringe scene or comedy scene can feel a bit scary to like mm. dip your toe into. You're like, oh, I don't know who I go to see. Maybe I'll just go see the people I've seen on Channel 10. You know, mm. like you're not really sure um, how, to, how to sink your teeth into it, but it's been great. And I, I, had, um, <laughs> I had a meet and greet with one girl and she came along to the show and then <laughs> she was so sweet. She's like, yeah, I brought my mum here for her birthday. And then the mum just looks at me and she goes, the show was quite inappropriate. Because <laughs> me and Mel are on stage scissoring our brat dolls, being like, and we've had some parents bring their kids and we're like, it's not a kids show, yeah. it's a adult show. But it's not crude, but it's, you know, there's a few moments of like, ah. And we've had a mum one time watch us like scissoring and we're like scissoring brat dolls. We're doing this hectic like choir girl hymn as we scissor them in the playground. And then this mum just goes, Right, and grabs her two kids' hands and stands up and leaves our tent that we're performing in. I don't understand that because your content is like very clearly targeted at like mm. the dem- the age group that probably grew up in that era, right? Yeah, and it's like they are the ones that would. Yeah. Uh, so why would you take your? You're right. To grow up in that era, you now need to be kind of twenty five ish. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, and it's, you won't. It's not for you. The references yeah. are like saddle club. Sports girl. Yeah, love. Angela Anaconda. Love. All of these things that they're probably like, oh, I, no, no. is that Charlie D'Amelio? I do not know that, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> Driver's license? That's no, it's not that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And no, thank you for talking about that because I think too, for you, and yeah. I think this is for Steph and I, we were very clear on our vision, what we wanted to do and our yeah. confidence and we had each other. And obviously you are too with what you want to do, but I think why it's so important to have these conversations is for a lot of people and it's not no discredit to them. It's just no wonder they would have that conversation with that manager or whoever it mm. might be who says, oh, you never need to worry about awards because you're never going to get them. And often in that situation, because there's a power imbalance because the manager's Believe obviously, it. you know, yep. they think, oh, well, he's experienced. So now I'm never going to aspire to get an award. Yep. And, you know, you <clears> you did that. And I just, I, so thank you for talking about it. I just think no. it's so important because I think we can sit here and say, yes, we let it fuel us. Mm. Yeah. But that's not always the response in our body. Sometimes we might be like, oh, no, I'm just not going to do it and I'm never going to try. Absolutely. No, thank you for saying that. <laughs> no, that sounded really, I, I mean that, thank you. I feel very lucky to do what I do. And you guys have built an empire. You should be so bloody proud. <laughs> oh, thank you. Holy. But honestly, Sam, you do speak so much truth. And whilst a lot of the content you do put out there mm. is funny, you also do share some real and raw and relatable stuff as well. And I want to commend you on like that as well because it's not easy. I mean, it's one thing to put yourself out there in a mm. comedy sense because mm. that can be really daunting. But then also to show a vulnerable side and actually be like, this is me and this is something I'm going through in life. Yeah. That's also another huge showing of vulnerability. So yep. that's amazing that you do that. If you feel comfortable yeah. talking about it, I love how open you are talking about you and your partner, Cody, and, you know, that journey and your relationship and even Cody's egg freezing process and everything. It's amazing how open you guys are being because obviously it's totally up to you. You don't have to share those kind of things with the world. But if you feel comfortable about talking about your relationship. Of Of course. Yeah. So me and my partner, Cody, we've been together for a few years now and he is a trans man. And so recently, last year, he decided that he wanted to um, freeze his eggs. And that was something that I didn't even know was possible for trans men Mm. to do Mm. once they're on testosterone. Um, So, you know, when he made that decision, I said to him, I was like, we don't have to. Mm. This is obviously an extremely personal and emotional decision for you. And it's going to be, you know, grueling in many, many ways. But 
do you want to put parts of it online? Because if I didn't know about it, imagine how many other people don't know about it. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so basically, I don't want to get the medical like information incorrect, but a general overview is he's been on testosterone for a few years now, but there is a way and it is common for trans men or non-binary people to come off testosterone for a six-month period Mm -hmm. and then towards the end go on estrogen Mm -hmm. and then get their eggs in a state where they're able to extract them and then freeze them. And so he did that and we kind of documented the changes that happened. So there was obviously a change in his like skin. His Mm -hmm. skin became oilier. He became a bit thinner. Um, He was more emotional again, which was really interesting. And, you know, we documented all of that and Mm -hmm. he did three rounds of egg freezing and I'm so proud of him because mm. I said, I was like, I can't even imagine, like, I'm a cis woman to be trans and for testosterone to be, you know, one of your kind of, yeah. for him, like a lifeline in, in his identity yeah. to take that away and to then put estrogen back in your body. Like, it was just a huge experience for him, but he was so gracious. And, you know, I, there were a few moments where we were at the Royal Women's Hospital and I was like, oh, I just feel a bit gross getting my phone out and going, how are you? What are you? Because I didn't want to do the influencer girlfriend thing, but we spoke about it and I was like, if it's ever uncomfy, just let me know. But he's like, no, I think it's really worth it. And we posted it and we were just overwhelmed with the love and support. And like, I think the thing that just gets me is when you get like trans kids in the comments and they just go like, ah, they just go, I didn't even know it was possible. And I'm like, "Ah, yeah. And I'm like, it is. And I'm really grateful that I was able to share that and for the new kind of like all of these like queer kids that follow us and it's a it's a really big part of my audience and I've kind of got like yeah the people that are there for the comedy the people that are there for the gay shit and like it's really beautiful when there's a bit of a a bit of a crossover but well we're there for it all we're there thank you and he's so beautiful and people are obsessed with him online people like Hey, so Sam, um, could we have more of Cody, actually? <laughs> so you guys could do like a get to know you, like chat to camera. And everyone's just like obsessed with him because he's so hot. And I'm like, so true, same. That's why I'm dating him. But um, yeah, it was a really beautiful experience and it's possible. I think that's the most beautiful yeah. thing. And and queer fertility is, is such an exciting thing. And I'm glad that I got to share it. And I think as well, TikTok, because it is such a like fun, loose, chill app in a way, I didn't feel like I was making this like, hectic YouTube medical Mm. video. It was Mm. more like a, ha, we're in the thing and talk about things and how are you feeling and film and upload. And it it was more organic and casual and light in that way, which I really really liked about it. Yeah, because you think about it as well. I don't think a lot of, like, if I was trans and if I was like 16 or 17, I don't know if I'd be going to YouTube and going and Googling it. Yeah. Or maybe I would, but just to see it come up on your For You page by someone that you're like, oh, I've seen a few of her funny videos. What's this? Ah, oh, you know, and mm. that's that's the, the cool thing about it. Oh, it's amazing. And I think too, I mean, even, oh, I know you mentioned mm. before that you're not a medical expert, mm. but you still spoke about it. And I think that's really, really important because I think that's one part about <clears throat> social media that's really hard is sometimes we feel like, like with you, the amount of lives that you would have impact and changed mm. in sharing that yeah. is just is so valuable. Yeah. But then there's also the side of social media where you kind of have that, um, and I wonder if you felt that, that mm. kind of reservation to share because you're worried that someone will say, oh, no, this is the actual process or here's the science and you're not a… But it's just, it is so important. I think it's a good example of where you sometimes <clears throat> just have to let go of that kind of worry that, oh, people are going to think that I'm yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter because what you're able to share and yeah. how you're able to make people feel seen and heard 
and that they weren't alone. Like that is yeah. so powerful. Yeah. No, thank you. It's It's been great. And then it's been really interesting with sharing a lot of my relationship with Cody and being queer. It's been really kind of interesting. I've kind of ended up becoming Cody's bodyguard in a way because then there's a lot of brands that are like, yeah, we want to work with you both. Mm. And we were thinking we will pay you and not him. And I'm like, that's bizarre actually. No. Or just brands that like, you know, he has such a story to tell mm. about his trans experience. And and a lot of brands, I'm like, you're not getting that for free actually. And it's a bit bizarre mm. that you would want to pay me and not him or pay him diddly squat, you know? So I feel very protective in that yeah. way or when, when a brand wants to align with us, especially now that World Pride's coming up and stuff, I'm very like, hmm, what's the agenda here though? Because yeah. I don't want you to just slap his face onto something but not actually care. How do you navigate that? What are the things that you expect from a brand? Well, first, the brief has to have like gender inclusive language that's not transphobic and the yeah. amount of times that there's just been some briefs and I'm like, what are you doing? Like yeah. you, you can't even get pronouns correct. Like yeah. As if I'm going to say yes to this. I also have a phenomenal manager who is my bodyguard as well. So it kind of trickles down in that way. But, you know, with World Pride coming up, of course, there's a lot of brands with a lot of interest. And it's that it's that thing of like wanting to align with the right brands, but also at the same time, like wanting to get paid and make money like yeah. during that period. And that's like a really exciting part of World Pride and, or part of like the Mardi Gras season with with campaigns. It's like, yeah, queer people should be should be getting paid a lot and their inboxes should be flooded with things. And But I think the brief has to be inclusive. Yeah. You would hope that with a Pride campaign, it's not just a, you know, I'm just going to pick a random brain, like making it up. Here at Mark's Fridges, like we love love. And it's like, and what are you doing about that? <laughs> And what else? Because it's, it can't just be like, oh, we, would we put a rainbow on it actually and we love love? And I'm like, how though? Yeah. Are any of your employees queer? Like mm. what, what like systems do you have in place so that queer people come to work and feel you know, supported and safe? And yeah. you do such a good job at that um, because it is, it's such a hard world to navigate. And to finish off, yeah. we thought we could, well, this is just a thought from me actually. Oh. We, maybe both of us. You in history. Who is your favourite character? That you become on TikTok. Oh, gosh. Look, my boomer dad is funny to me because he is my dad, but I am basically my dad. So every time I do that character in the whole arc, yeah, Sammy, good on ya. It's me, kind of, but also not. Yeah. I like I like doing the boomer dad character. Oh, there's a mix. I've got a roster of, of them, but I, I do like that. I try and shake it up though and not like stick with one character a lot. Like I want to do a whole bunch of bits and bobs, but yeah, probably... My dad, and he's so funny. I love Does him. Does he watch the videos? He, my he dad's in, hilarious? My dad's invested. He goes, Aww. yeah, good good campaign there with Sony. Sammy, that one went really well, actually. That got quite a lot of likes. And I'm like, <laughs> he, and he's beautiful Aww. about it. He's like, oh, I've got an idea for a TikTok, actually. And I'm like, radio. Oh, he writes me a script that actually goes for six years. It's like <laughs> Jodie Picoult novel level length. And he's like, that'd be good. And I'm like, are oh, we fitting that into a one-minute sketch? Are we? He's like, yeah. Like the scene is just the longest thing in the world. Now nah, he's, he's he bloody gorgeous. Back on your, yes. Like is he like, okay, so this is how I actually Sometimes, <laughs> but he'll just like, I'll just be like, you know, typing away on my laptop and do-do-do, inbox from my dad goes, hi, Sammy, here's an article from The Age. Doesn't look like TikTok shutting down as it stands. We'll keep you updated. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I love he's emails in. from your parents oh. about what we do. My mum is a, is a mm. chronic email forwarder, and yes. I love I love her, and I love it. But some of the stuff she sends me, I'm like, oh. oh, he's so he's so beautiful. Yeah, he's really he's really in. So him and mum have finally gotten Instagram and TikTok, and it's so funny because 
he thinks he's disguised, but I'll just know what comment he is because he's still like, user 61553288911. But the comment would be like, you're a bloody champions, mate. Love <laughs> you making that cocktail and using that, shaking that cocktail up, sis. Thumbs up, thumbs up, surfboard, surfboard. Definitely and I'm like, not a Gen Z. Definitely <laughs> not a Gen Z. He goes, Sammy. And I go, yeah, he's like, what does lit mean? What's lit? And I'm like, keep up, dad. It's a fast-moving app. <laughs> Lit's actually quite an old word. but Oh, it, well, this yeah. has just been a blast, honestly. It's been amazing. And, yeah, we were so grateful for you to come on, grateful for your time. And thank you for doing everything that you do online and keep doing it because oh, it's so nice. so I have nice. a funny story to tell you. When you reshared my snack video, this was way back in lockdown, my mate messaged me and went, Sam! Full capitals. <laughs> You've made it. Full capitals. Oh my God. Steph, Claire, Smith, reshared your TikTok. And Looks I was like, she oh. texts like Laura. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, yeah, she yeah. did. <laughs> no, you guys are gems. And congratulations on all of your success. Oh. Like, I just constantly <laughs> tapping my phone with much passion. Like, you guys are absolutely killing it. May we all get our country <laughs> road bag and go for a wander around Westfield. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation with sam if you just want more from sam which why wouldn't you yeah after that i already have her on all the platforms (laughs) so i can't get any more of her right now (laughs) but if you want to yes exactly (laughs) you can go to her show so as we said at the start of the podcast sam will be doing her shit wreck show at the Adelaide Fringe Festival in March. She is also doing a new show at the Comedy Festival, which she will announce more about. Mm-hmm. All the details if you live in Melbourne on her Instagram, which is Samantha Andrew. And then on TikTok, you can find Sam at Samantha Andrew One. Highly recommend giving her a follow. And that's it from us today, guys. We'll be back in your ears on Monday. And actually, Sam will be too, because you are going to get a little bit of a bonus off air chat we had with Sam on Monday. But if you want more from us in the meantime, you can check ooh, out that was ooh, very essential, wasn't it? You can check out more about Kick from our website, keepercleaner.com, and download the app from the Apple Store or Google Play Store. We have a seven-day free trial. So if you've been thinking about trying Kick. We'd love to have you. And if you'd like to find us on other social media channels, we are there too. We are at Keep a Cleaner on Instagram, at Laura.Henshaw and at Steph Claire Smith. And then we are over on TikTok as well, at Kick. We'll be back in your ears very soon. Bye. Bye.